Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're a Bible-based church located in Peter, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people who are far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. In this podcast, our family pastor, Andrew Friesen, launches his Brick by Brick series straight from our new facility. And as you may be able to tell from the audio, this building is empty and in serious need of a little TLC. And what better picture to paint than this, as Andrew uses this metaphor to talk about volunteerism and how each and every brick matters and is desperately needed. So with that, let's turn it over to Andrew and part one of his series, Brick by Brick. So I'm standing in the original schoolhouse on this property, built in 1911, and it's quite the place. You know, creaky floors, you'll probably hear that. It's got plexiglass on the windows because they probably played sports in here. It's a special spot. And what I'd love to do with you guys right now is to go back in time, not just to 1911, but to go back to the year 500 BC. It's like, let's go back 2,500 years to a guy named Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a fascinating dude. Maybe you've never heard of him before, but it's a book in the Bible, uh, a few before Psalms. So I'd love for you to go there. And uh, we're going to jump into Nehemiah 1, verse, uh, verse 1 to 3. So it says this, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, now it happened, uh, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. Okay, the wall's broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. I'm going to give you a little backstory here, and then you'll see how this all ties in. So what happened was, uh, a few weeks ago, Pastor Nathan was talking about this guy named David. Many of you know David. Uh, in, in the life of Israel, God's people in the Old Testament, uh, you know, David and Solomon, when they reigned, those are the glory years of Israel. But after that, there's a whole bunch of different kings, different people that came along, and they took in a direction uh, different than what God had intended. And, and God sent prophets like Jeremiah, Ezekiel, these different people to say, guys, you've got to turn things around. You have to follow me or else... Um, or else I'm going to have to dis- discipline you. I'm going to have to show you uh, the right way. And what happened was, sure enough, they walked away from God, and God did have to discipline. And he sent uh, the Babylonians in, uh, in 586, the temple that was, was actually destroyed. And the people uh, were taken into captivity in Babylon, and then 70 years passed, and, th- and they were just there. And there was a few that re- remained around Jerusalem and in Israel, but the majority had been taken away. Well, this guy, Nehemiah, he steps onto the scene, and uh, in 516, the temple's rebuilt. Nehemiah steps on the scene another, like, 60 years after that. There's the temple, it's beautiful, but there was no, like, there was no, like, uh, no wall around it, no protection. Their enemies could just come in and, and destroy it. And uh, this guy, Nehemiah, as he, as he hangs out in Susa, which is, like, 1,100 miles away, like, 1,700 kilometers away, his heart goes out to what's happening there in Jerusalem. And, and it says this in verse 4. It says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I sat down and wept and mourned for days. There's this picture for Nehemiah of brokenness. And it's not just something that's out there. It's something that affects him personally. His own heart is broken because of a broken wall. 
He takes it personally. And I want to ask you right now, what is it going on in life around you, in society around you? What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that breaks your heart? There's so many different things going on, and, and COVID has, has certainly uh, exaggerated a lot of the things that we are already experiencing. But what is it? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's homelessness. Maybe, uh, maybe you've experienced the effects of mental health in yourself or a loved one, and it's something that, that really breaks your heart to go through or watch someone else go through. Maybe it's the opioid crisis. Maybe it's, uh, it's, it's the breakdown of family and separations and just everything that's caused in the middle of all that. There's so many different things that break our hearts. I want you to know, what breaks your heart matters. And it's okay if you mourn and weep and you let it affect you personally. Maybe it's loneliness. There's so many different things. What is it that breaks your heart? See, something broke Nehemiah's heart, even though he was 700 kilometers away. He took it personally. And, and I want you to notice three things that he does, okay? He faces the facts, okay? He, he allows himself to grieve, and then he goes to God. The very first thing that he does, he weeps, and then he goes to God with it. He prays. And, and the rest of Nehemiah chapter 1 is, is Nehemiah talking to God. Fast forward through that, uh, you know, he, he prays, he lays it all out there. And then Nehemiah 2, uh, it says, When wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Okay. Um, Nehemiah is a cupbearer for the king, which, you know, means he drinks a lot of wine, which if you like wine, you know, what a pretty sweet gig that would be. But it's, it's actually like a political um, responsibility in those days. That's what it was. It wasn't just like hang around, you know, drink wine. No, no, no. He was, he was like a, making sure that the king didn't get killed by someone poisoning him. Like this is a big role. And he also had the place of influence because he spent so much time with the king. And, uh, and what's fascinating is, you know, when, when, when Nehemiah says, um, you know, this, this, this sadness, when he talks about that, um, there's actually a dangerous position for him to be in because the king could say, like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, no, no, you're not sad in my presence. That's just the way things were back then. But Nehemiah, this per- affected him personally. It affected him personally. And um, when I think about that, I think about how we need to let some of the things that we're grieving affect us personally. We can't just stuff those things. You know, we've been walking through in our life group, just walking through emotionally healthy spirituality, how to process grief. And I think we're all going to have to process the grief and the loss of what we're dealing with COVID. But right now, I just want to focus on what is it that breaks your heart. And for me, I want to tell you what breaks my heart. When I see kids and teens far from God. And I moved into the area here in Peterborough seven years ago. My wife grew up in the area. I grew up northern Ontario, like a mile north of Minnesota, okay? So up in the sticks. Uh, but I moved here seven years ago, and I started working full-time carpentry. We got involved in youth ministry at, at Path. We kind of launched it. And um, early on, I just saw, you know, teens that just desperately needed Jesus. And I remember one conversation, probably five, year, five or so years ago, at, at Youth Unlimited's drop-in center downtown. And I remember sitting around on a green couch and different youth pastors and youth leaders are there. We're, we're adding up kind of the attendance collectively of our, of our Christian groups. And it was like, I don't know, maybe if we're generous, 500. And then we looked at Stats Can and it's like, there's at least 10,000 teens in Peterborough. If you think about it, 500, 10,000, that's like, 
That's like 5% if we're generous. And I'm sure that the numbers have, have grown as, as their population has grown. Uh, it's just it, what breaks my heart is thinking about how many Peterborough kids and teens are far from God. And, um, and that breaks my heart. And if you've been around for a bit, you know the story of how Pathway Church started. There was five families that came out of Selwyn Church, and they had this, this thing laid upon their hearts that is like, we want to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. It was, it's, it's people far from God that broke their heart and they wanted to do something about it. It grieved them. They took it to God. They, they faced the facts and they were willing to do something about it. I'd love to ignore it. I'd love to deny it, kind of move on, pretend that it's not the reality. But it is the reality. It's we have to face up to that. And sure, some of it's because COVID, but, but, but it's really just exaggerating what's already there. So much of the problems that we face are because people are far from God. And I want you to hear this. I'm not saying that, you know, when, when Jesus comes into your life and transforms you, that all problems just magically disappear. You know, if you've read, if you read the, the, you know, the story of Acts, you know that the early church dealt with so much opposition, persecution, all that. But when we experience relationship with Jesus, we, we experience happiness, we experience peace, there's, there's, there's hope and meaning to life. Jesus is someone that's never going to be canceled. We, he's never going to fail us. He's never going to, you know, he's never going to let us down because he is perfect. He's the healer. He restores things. That's who he is. And so as we experience uh, relationship with Jesus, we're going to be healed. So the question is, as a church and as individuals, what do we do with the brokenness we see? And if we take our cues from Nehemiah, we're going to take it personally. So we're going to take action. We're going to take action. We're going to make a game plan. Uh, Nehemiah 2 verse 11 so it says, so I went to Jerusalem and was there three days. And if you read on, he actually, at night, goes around, goes around there, taking a look at what's actually broken down. It's, it's falling apart. And then 2 verse 17 says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. Yeah, let's pause right there. The king actually gave him permission to go travel, to check it out. He gave him his blessings, like, yeah, go do this. This matters to you. care about you. Go do it. And um, what I want to point out is God cares about the brokenness around us. He cares about the brokenness that's in our homes, that's in our own lives, that's in our hearts, and he was willing to do something about it. And what I love about God is that he doesn't just, like, he's not just, a deist out there that sets the world into motion and walks away like, hey, you know, figure it out yourselves. No, no, no. He is, he is like present at the intimate level. He is, he is here with us right now. He's present. He's working in history. He's bringing, uh, bringing good to the front. And, um, you know, when I think about your life and I think about the opportunity that we have to be a part of, of, of doing good in this city, I know that God can heal. I know that he can restore, so we don't have to just accept the brokenness that is. See, see, Jesus was willing to die for us. He was raised to life. He's preparing a place for us in heaven because he cares. doesn't just leave us broken. He gives us his attention and affection. And this is the part that I want to focus on right here in chapter 2, verse 18. It says this, And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. I just want to ask, as a church, as individuals that call Pathway Home, do we care? Do we really care? Do we actually let you know, kids that are growing up, having no clue who Jesus is, affect us? 
Are we really letting the needs of the community around us sink in and let, us, let it affect us personally? We're going to build here. We're going to build at 3948 Wallace Point Road, but we're going to build even more so metaphorically into the future. And uh, when I think about what we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. We're going to journey with people towards Jesus. Uh, we'll, we'll go first. We're going to be an example of what it means to follow Jesus. We're going to spend time with him. We're going to be like him. And then we're going to invite other people into that journey alongside of us. That, that's what matters to us. We, we care about the people. They don't have to come. You, know, you don't have to come you know, with your life fully together with all the, the answers, uh, the, the questions answered. You know, we, we're on a journey together. We're, we're a circle of people that, that give our attention and affection to Jesus along the way. And we take him seriously. So, you know, in our remaining time, I want to map out four different things that act as the mortar, okay, that unites us. I've got these, these bricks here, um, you know, pretty rugged. Uh, but, uh, but we, you know, we're, we're individuals, but what is the mortar that binds us together? You know, that, that, that I actually picked this off the, uh, the building out there. What is the mortar that, that brings us together? And I want to share four different things. Number one, we have a shared encounter with Jesus. And if you're watching here and you've never actually experienced that, that transformation that Jesus brings, I want you to invite you into the journey. And along the way, I think you're going to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus. But as those that call Pathway Home that are willing to invest, that are willing to pour in, we've been touched by the life of Jesus. And, uh, you know, 1 John 4, 16 says this, so we have come to know and to believe that love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. In life, we're able to just experience relationship with Jesus, and that's what, that's what like brings us together. That's number one in the mortar that unites us. And so, you know, when you ask, like, why would you give up carpentry like I did? in order to go into full-time ministry? Why would you give up Friday nights as a youth leader to be present with kids? It's because we're transformed by Jesus. It, it grips us. We have to follow him. Like, this is, this is everything. This is life. This is life. So a shared encounter with Jesus. Number two, we have a shared enemy with Satan. Uh, you know, when you think enemy right now in the middle of what we're dealing with, it, it feels like people are enemies, the government's enemy. There's just like, there's, there's people that like irk us, and, and that is all there. But what unites us as Pathway Church is not, you know, an enemy of the government or anything like that. What our enemy is, is Satan that's seeking to, to, to kill and to destroy. And, um, you know, when I think about, when I think about this, it, it, it's not that our battle is against flesh and blood. It's against Satan. And, and what you notice, if you read on in Nehemiah 2, uh, there's people, there's opposition almost right away. Uh, you know, it says, And when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite, like those names, servant, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you're doing? Uh, but then he says, Then I replied to them, The God of heaven will make us prosper. We and his servants will arise and build but you have no portion or right or claim in Jerusalem. It's like, there's, there's going to be opposition from Satan. And as we build into the future, there's so much opposition because Satan does not want good to win. He wants evil to overtake good. But we trust that God is going to meet our needs, that he's going to build using us as we humbly just kind of lay ourselves out for him. So we can expect opposition, but we have a shared enemy in Satan. Number three, we have a shared goal. Here's our goal. I'll lay it right out again. 
Uh, you know, even when Sonia and I were traveling back and forth from Tyndale and Toronto there uh, to, uh, to Pathway in the early years before we moved here, I remember the, the mission statement of Pathway. It says, to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. That, that's what gets us up in the morning. That's what, that's what um, drives us. That's what, that's what brings a setup team out. That's what brings different people to be involved in different ways. Um, we want to journey with people. We want to journey with people. We want to move from, from just like being lost, being far from God, in this trajectory to being like mature, fully formed, passionate followers of Jesus. And it is a journey. And we're just going to take one step at a time. It's just one brick at a time, one relationship at a time. We're going to move towards Jesus, from far from God to fully devoted followers of Jesus. And number four, we've shared values. See, of those, of those three previous things, you know, a shared encounter with Jesus, a shared enemy in Satan, and a shared vision, there's, there's other churches in town that are doing a similar thing. Uh, there's, there's great, great churches around, and uh, as a youth ministry at Pathway, we were able to partner over the last number of weeks doing live stream with different churches around, and I love, love, love what they're doing. But there's kind of a unique culture of every church, and so as you think about where are you going to be, you know, mortared in, where are you going to put your roots, uh, there's something, you know, unique about Pathway, and I just want to highlight that so that you know, okay, what would it look like to, to, uh, to mortar ourselves in, and, and um in the fall, Pastor Nathan actually did a series called Table Talk, and he talked about uh, six different core values. I'll just kind of run through them here, a bit of a recap, or maybe you missed it. I think it'll be valuable regardless. Number one, we're gospel-focused with Jesus at the center. And what we mean by that is that um, the gospel is not just the diving board. It's not just like, okay, you know, you can move on from that. The gospel is like the whole pool. The whole, the whole Christian life is coming back to the central you know, tenets of the Christian faith, that, that God created this world, that the Trinity exists, that um, God sent his son Jesus uh, to, to live and die and, and be raised to life and forgiveness of sins, and he sends the Holy Spirit to live, in us, to live inside of us, and he's preparing a place. Like, that's at the core of who we are. We don't move on past that. That's at the core of who we are. And... Uh, and so at Pathway, we're going to major on the majors, and we're going to minor on the minors. We have a document, it's called the Open Hand, Closed Hand document on our website, and it kind of lays out some of the things that we're going to fight for, and, and they're, not, they're not like open for discussion, open for debate. We're going to talk about it, but, but we're not changing our position on it. But then there's other things, uh, you know, if you read that document, you'll see, you know, okay, we, we, can, we can have different takes on, on things. There's so many different previous denominations that are melded into Pathway Church. And that's part of what makes us such a special place. And we're going to continue on with that. Number two, love in action. Okay? There's no strings attached. I recently took part in a webinar where we were talking about how to evangelize and share the gospel with Gen Zs. And what Gen Zs are really feeling is, is they don't just want to know that Christianity is true. They also want to know that Christianity is good. Is, is, is what you're believing actually good for the world? Or are you just a group of people that, that, that believe something out in left field and, and, and is bad for society? I truly believe that if we follow Jesus, the world will be a better place. That Peterborough will be a better place. And what we want is for um, Pathway Church to have an impact of good in our community. We're four people. 
And uh, it's not just our beliefs, it's all about action. And that's why we do things like egg hunts. It's, all, it's why we do, uh, you know, service projects. It's why life groups often jump into serving. It's why we do, you know, really good programming for kids in, in different groups. Like, it, it matters because we want to do love in action. And it's not that we're just investing in and then finally we'll just, you know, it's a bait and switch tactic. Ha <laughs> ha, we got you. No, 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 no. We love Christ first loved us generously, no strings attached. That's the way we're going to love our community. Point number three, excellence. We're going to bring our best. See, the thing is, people matter. Every brick matters. You know, we, we love the people around us, and that means we're going to care so much that we're going to bring our best. You know, we love people. We're going to bring our best for them. We're going to bring our best for the King of Kings. He's worthy of it all. And so when a teen shows up on a Friday night and a youth leader's had a, had a rough week and we're just like, ah, I don't even know that I, that I want to be here, we find a way to be present, to lean into those conversations, to show that we care. And maybe we're exhausted. Maybe, maybe as a, a setup team, we bring our best. You know, as, as a group leader, you think about the needs of the people around you and you're willing to give it all. You're willing to sacrifice, to lay it all on the line because people matter. Because God is worthy of it all. So that's, that's excellence. We bring our best. And then authenticity. Lower the mask. See, uh, we just finished a series uh, in youth called, called In Real Life. And the concept that we were working with is that it's not just about the beliefs that we have. It's also about living it out. It's not just about, like, you know, having everything all together. It's not about that. None of us have it all together. It's about living out the Christian life authentically. To be, to be willing to show our vulnerabilities in, in group with people. Uh, it's about willing to, to show our vulnerabilities in a group with a small group of people that, that we know, love, and care about us. We're going to be authentic. We're going to lead out of that. We're, we're not just going to put a mask on and just pretend that everything's okay. You know, there may be other churches that do that. That's not how we're going to do that. That's not what Jesus did. He opened himself up so we could see all of who he was. And that's beautiful. That's who we want to be. Uh, number five, engagement on the mission. See, uh, we've been renting for 10 years, but as volunteers, as staff, we're not renting this idea of reaching people far from God. We're owning that. We're going to take personal responsibility. And now as we have our own facility, uh, it just allows us to, to move into that at a whole nother level, to give our all, to, 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 to engage with this. And as, as a volunteer crew, we used to have like 200 volunteers. COVID has sidelined so many of us. But we're looking for the opportunity to lean into the future, to say, no, 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 I want to be a part of this. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I want to engage in the middle of this. And number six, empowerment going to pass the baton. This is not something we're going to hold on to till we're 70, 80, 90 years old and just kind of, it's going to stay with the generation that, that we've always been. No, no, no. We're going to pass this on to the next generation. We're going to have a faith that lasts. We're going to, we're going to build into the kids and teens of the future and pass this along. So we're thinking about all those six things. So that's kind of part of who we are as Pathway Church. So I want you to think about it. As you think about you know, where you want to plant your roots, where you want to be mortared in. I just keep coming back to that idea of the mortar. Uh, where do you see yourself over the, over the next 10 years? I want to ask you, what's your next step? What's your next step? Uh, for some of you, you're really new to, to, to Pathway, and you're like, I, I don't know. I don't even know that much about it. Well, here's, here's where you can start. You can fill a Connect card. 
We talk about that almost every week. Uh, there's a link in the description box or in the chat uh, that, that, that gives you the chance to say hello, and, and it's, a, it's the way to start a conversation. We do Next Step every few months. It's an opportunity to find out more about who we are as a church. Uh, those, are, those are neat little just like entry-level ways to find out more about who we are. And some churches you walk in and it's like, ah, like everyone's staring at me. I just um, stick out like a sore thumb. That's not who we are. We want to just invite you into this journey. But then there's some of you that have been around for a while. And what I want you to know is we need you. We need you. Our, our, our body needs every brick mortared in place. Uh, we, you know, every part is valuable. We're going to talk about that next week. But we, it actually does matter. And, and Mark Clark, I was listening to him recently. He was talking about how uh, there's people in his church that, that don't give. They're not in group. They're, they're not serving. And, and he calls them like a non-contributing zero, which is like, ooh, that's, that's harsh. Uh, but his point is, this is not a cruise ship that we're just like sitting around on. This is a battleship. We need everyone on mission together. So I just want to invite you. Would you be a part of this at a level bigger than what you have? And as COVID lifts and restrictions ease, there's going to be opportunities for you to serve and to volunteer and to give in ways that you haven't before. And you are invited into that. You now, over the next couple of weeks, we've got a little short form that you, if you're like, ah, I've got questions about this, I'm actually interested in being a part of it at another level, there's a quick little form, and it's in the, in the description box for this video, for you to say, you know what, I, I want to know more about whatever it is. Maybe it's youth ministry. Maybe it's kids ministry. Maybe it's uh, facilities or maintenance things. We have property now. Maybe it's, um, you know, being a part of a care team, uh, visitation or meals. There's lots of different options. You can explore that there. And what that is, it's not a commitment. It's just the start of a conversation. We did this a couple years ago in a series that you might remember. It's called Start. And uh, it was just so powerful to see some of those people come on board that are still leading today because of those conversations, because they took a step and they took action. So I want to invite you into that. And as a church, uh, we are headed into the future. We are building for what matters. Every brick matters. Every person matters. And uh, we are going to move forward together with collective unity towards Jesus, towards, towards deeper relationship with him. And so as we head into communion, uh, which is just so fitting that we just, you know, at the core of our faith, we're going to remember that together. Uh, I just want you to, to think about well, what's your place? What's your, where's your heart at? What breaks your heart? And how are you going to lean in to what God is saying in this time? Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for your love and the fact that you care about us. You care about every single one of us. And Lord, um, as, we, as we stand here, as we sit here, as we think about what the future holds, um, Lord, help us to, to know who we want to be in community with and how we're going to grow. And Lord, I pray that any, any hesitations that we have, that you would, you would clear those away, that we'd be able to go full speed into the life that you have for us. God, um, would you allow us to take steps closer to you together? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much, Andrew, for that powerful message. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Maybe this message sparked a little something inside of you. Maybe you have a desire to volunteer and help play a part of our mission. Please be sure to follow us on all of our socials to keep up with what's going on with us. Um, if you have any questions, one of our staff members will get in touch with you and point you in the right direction. Have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.